Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. We are in hour two. Man, that first hour went fast, Hesh. I'm Steve Hook, broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore, and there he is, Brian Hesher McLean in Central Texas. Hesh, during the break there, I was just watching a clip from the infamous KJP, Peter Ducey, uh, basically was asking her about this Robert Herr report And he said, well, we have witnessed with our own eyes this president make mistake after mistake after mistake this week alone. So doesn't that, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but doesn't that kind of underscore what uh, the report maintains? Do you know what KJP's response was? Her response (laughs) was, well, yeah, yeah, that report does not live in reality. I mean, (laughs) No, KJP, you do not live in reality. Yeah, yeah, that's a, this is, remember they gave Kellyanne Conway hell for saying alternate, alternative facts. Well, she lives in an alternative universe and they want to take us along for the ride because as I mentioned at the top of the program, Francois Mitterrand, Helmut Kohl, CC is is now the president of Mexico. Apparently, I guess he's decided to split Egypt and now he's taking over Mexico. Um, So maybe there's a problem there. Uh, but according to KJP, this uh, does not live in reality. And speaking of this uh, this report, before we get to that, let's talk. As freedom crumbles all over the West, although it looks like it's starting to rear its head again, we want to remind you that last December, Julian Assange, uh, two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st. That's coming right up at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal this case or whether he'll be extradited to the United States. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting live for both days, if that's what it takes. And then, of course, TNT will be broadcasting from various locations throughout London as we uh, light the fuse for freedom on today's news talk TNT. So that's going to be a very interesting uh a very interesting story to follow as uh, as it fastly approaches here. But speaking of alternate reality, I want to just kind of drill down a little bit on this report. To say it was damning uh, is an understatement. It's almost, you know, some people say, well, it's very reminiscent of, of James Comey giving a laundry list of uh, things that Hillary Clinton did, uh, you know, Felony, 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 felony. But no prosecutor would 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 choose to pursue this. So we're not going to charge anything. And a lot of people say, well, that's what Robert Hurd did. I don't think it's the same. And I'll tell you why. Because this went directly to his cognitive abilities. And then I think the most damning thing was basically saying, we're not going to pursue this because a jury would be sympathetic because he's a kindly old guy that has bad memory. So he's not fit to stand trial, but yeah, he's good to sit in the oval and he's fine to be the commander in chief. That just doesn't make a lick of sense. So in a way, this was worse than an indictment or a, or we're going to pursue charges because it's basically like, we just kind of feel bad for the old guy. Uh, that can't be good. And that's why KJP is saying this nonsensical non sequitur. This does not live in reality. Uh, 
and so Speaker Mike Johnson is uh, he said it. He said uh, he said House House Speaker Mike Johnson uh, confirmed that Biden isn't fit for office. This is from just the news. This is directly quoted uh, from Mike Johnson, uh, Speaker of the House. The president's press conference this evening further confirmed on live television what the special counsel report outlined. He is not fit to be president. That's what House Speaker Mike Johnson declared in response to the episode. Uh, The Speaker of the House is the third in line for the presidency, positioned behind Vice President Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, of course, had come out and said, uh, this is this isn't even I mean, she was just as vindictive and as starry eyed as she can be. Biden's press conference saw him address claims in the special counsel Robert Hur's report about his handling of classified materials. The president pointed to Hur's decision to not bring charges, but then fumed over Hur's claim that he could not remember when his son Bo died and appeared forget forgetful in an interview. Biden asserted his memory is fine but then later uh, proceeded to erroneously label Egyptian President uh, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi as the president of Mexico. Uh, Earlier this week, he made unrelated gaffes, claiming to have met with the late German Chancellor Helmut Kohl in 2021, even though he died in 2017. And at a separate event, of course, last week, as we talked about, he conflated French President Emmanuel Macron uh, with... uh, President Francois Mitterrand, who died damn near 30 years ago. Uh, I I just, you remember, Hesh, well, that they were once upon a time, CNN had on a loop, basically, some psychiatrist that was saying it's time to invoke the 25th Amendment against Trump. No such talk these days. Pretty odd, huh? Yeah, very odd. And I can't help but notice that uh, the excuses coming from the Biden White House are very similar, almost the exact same as the excuses we get for Hunter, right? Uh, Well, he was a poor drug addict, so we're just, you know, his dad loves him. We're just going to leave him alone. We all know a drug addict, right? Uh, So it's it's falling very flat, Steve. Yeah, it's falling very flat. And I would just say this, that the media is starting to pick up on this because while they're going to continue to throw Trump under the bus because that's what they do, Uh, They're starting to realize this guy, we're riding a dead horse here. We better switch. And I guarantee that's what Gavin Newsom has been doing. We all know it. Anyway, hey, do you have a suggestion for a possible guest or maybe a host that you'd love to hear on TNT? Perhaps a topic that you'd like to hear us touch on? Well, then we want to hear from you. Just simply complete the suggestion form at the TNT website and help us make a difference on today's talk, TNT. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society, and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, we're very happy to welcome to the program um, Rob Garson. Rob is the chairman of GS2 Law. He's an accomplished international lawyer. He's an advocate and a trial attorney. And we wanted to bring Rob on to basically discuss what we learned in this report. Hello, Rob Garson. Welcome to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to see you, sir. How are you today? It's wonderful to see you as well. It's well. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the report makes for some reading, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, that's what that's what it does. It makes for some reading, especially page three. Uh, how are they going to spin their way out of this? Because the anger angle isn't seeming to work. 
Do you know what? It's very, very sad. As you can hear, I'm from Britain originally, so I don't. And now, you know, thank, thank God with the state of the world, I'm an American. Uh, the, um, but what strikes me here is that isn't the current Biden presidency a bit like a form of elder abuse? It's it makes for sad reading. You know, here's a gentleman that there's no doubt he's given service to the nation. However, one wishes to spin what that service might be or might not have been, how he might have flip flopped in his policies over time um, uh, and, and where it is now. It seems like that he's being rolled out and everybody's looking to secure that which everybody knows to be the case, which is. There is an elderly gentleman who doesn't have the mental acuity that he once did have, certainly is a vibrant, younger member of, uh, of government, and that they're declining to prosecute him at this time because, like any trial lawyer will know, you've got to look at how that person is going to come across what the optics are going to be in that case and what Robert Herr, remember, who is Merrick Garland's choice to be a special prosecutor. So he wasn't picked out of the, you know, the far right conservative ranks. He's somebody that is a well-respected lawyer by other well-respected lawyers. And he's saying, I can't get a conviction against this uh, uh, against Biden. Why he's going to come across as somebody who doesn't know, who couldn't know. Yet, my Lord, this is the same man that is directing our country and that people want to say we wanted to, him to direct this country for another four years. You know, we in the Jewish community say, oi, gewalt. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that, I think that probably sums it up right there. But, you know, this idea of elder abuse, this comes up a lot. I've been thinking about this a lot for the last few years. I mean, look at Nancy Pelosi. Look what her husband does with his free time, you know, flipping cars and having friends over with uh, in their underwear with hammers. I mean, you got uh, <laughs> Feinstein. Um, you got McConnell. I mean, it's it's a real rogues uh, gallery of geriatrics, and it you know it's easy to to sort of use that as you know pejoratives against these people. And God knows they've earned it in many cases because of their policies, you know. But at the same time, you think about their children, you think about your you know the elders in your family, and it's like, how is this our government? How is this happening? I mean, this is really widespread and, and now it's reached the presidency and it's finally become, you know, kitchen table talking point. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that, you know, it, there's a difference between Britain and America, actually, in terms of the judiciary, where judges after a certain age are, um, are, are it's mandatory that they retire. However, in the United States, there are judges who have been on the bench for well over 40 years and because they have a job for life. And one does have to ask questions as to whether or not that's sensible generally that you can have. Um, I know there are certain judges that still use typewriters out there uh, that uh, do it's. And it's not to say there isn't a great deal that the elderly within our community 
have to offer us from an historical perspective. You know, these people have served their countries very well indeed. You know, when I sit down with the few Second World War veterans uh, that still exist, the Vietnam veterans that exist, the Korea veterans that exist, each and every time I'm brought to tears by how unworthy I am to follow in their footsteps in nearly anything that I do. And I thank them profoundly for the service that they've given. And also because many of them have what's lacking in this world and this country at the moment, which is common sense. I even want to start a, a new political movement called alternative common sense, where people can have common sense views um, because that's novel. But here you have a man, look, he couldn't remember, you know, with age, with all of us, there's a certain sensitivity uh, for, for facts which is lost. There's a texture for precision which is lost. And here, the one thing I did like about it, actually, was that some of the, uh, uh, of the report, that some of the boxes of materials were found next to the dog bed. And I was wondering whether or not that's the same savage dog that had to be thrown out of the White House. And I had this vignette in my head of an agent going to get the box and, uh, you know, ah, leave that alone, <laughs> you know, down Shep. Um, but, but no, so the question is re realistically this. We do have two older gentlemen that are running for office on the next, um, at the next election. You've got one who seems to be incredibly vital and one who's not. But the question is that when when the Democrats are currently saying that this report itself is inherently offensive, it just isn't. All prosecutors, and when I used to uh, do cri criminal law, you look at whether or not you can get a conviction. You look at how that person is going to come across because no prosecutor wants to cross-examine a nice old man and have the guy go, I just don't know. And that's the yeah. way it's going to come across. He'll look like a bully. The defense would be there. And it's just a waste of public funds. And as you well, said, you know, sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was just going to say that uh, this is actually, as far as I'm concerned, this is more damning than an indictment. This is the only reason we're not indicting him is because we don't think a jury would a jury would probably perceive us as being bullies, as you mentioned. And we don't know that he's cognitively fit to stand trial. That That is so damning. He is a case study in term limits, to your point, about judges who hang around and use, uh, you know, <laughs> they're still living in an analog world with a, with, with a typewriter. But it's funny because I remember well when they were trying to drum the former president out of office on the, on the 25th Amendment case. And now any talk of that is verboten. And Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre today said, this report does not live in reality. Well, I don't know where she can get off saying that when we've all seen it with our own eyes. Yes, I, I know. I get sent, you know, we've all been sent that as we did the other day. Whereas um, uh, with General, um, General Al-Sisi being referred to as the president of Mexico, um, Certainly, if he would have been the president of Mexico, there would have been a much more definite border. He manages, he's managed to keep the Rafa, the Rafa crossing well and truly closed over the years. But, 
you know, we all make mistakes in when we speak and how we speak. The question is, are you getting those lapses, those vacant pauses that we've seen, as you said, also with Mitch McConnell? Um, is practically, I, I, I don't know, it's like a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. It was a bit like the vote that happened um, the other day in terms of the Mayorkas impeachment votes, where, um, uh, where you have... I believe it was Al Green being uh, c coming in in scrubs out of hospital. It's sad. It really is sad to see where, you know, how we're trying to wheel people out. The question is this. At what point will people say, from a common sense perspective, look, just because somebody's an incumbent doesn't make, it doesn't give them a right necessarily to be in a position if they're not fit to be in that position you know like queens or kings have abdicated maybe it's time for somebody to put their arm around him and say look for your own good do this like somebody should have said to michael jackson look michael you're a really nice guy but maybe it's not the best look to get into bed with little kids um it just it just doesn't look right in the same regard and here Somebody should put their arm around him from the conservative, uh, from uh, from the Democrats and say, look, let's do the best for the country. Let's put up our best person that we can, who is going to serve the country best in your stead. We know that's not Kamala Harris because for because the Democrats have ostracized her over the past God knows how long. Uh, in fact, since uh, uh, so, uh, since she assumed the vice presidency. The problem is, is there anybody willing or able to step up? They can't put any of that, you know, the far left squad out there because the centrists will just react. Who else could there be to step up? Are their ranks so lacking that the Democrats don't have anybody but Joe Biden? Or is it he's good to be there because he's there to be manipulated? Look, you can stick you can stick him up there like weekend at Bernie's. Put him, you know, put him, you know, put a pair of sunglasses on him, get him to say something, and then put him back in the closet. It's not what you want from a president, is it? Yeah. No, no, and you know, we're almost out of time, but what you just said kind of begs the question. There's a lot of clamor around about who's going to get combat landed into that slot if if for some reason someone does pull him aside and say that. And some people are suggesting um, the shadow campaign by Gavin Newsom and even perhaps a Michelle Obama, both of which have the, um, you know, uh, put their politics aside. They both have that sort of vin and vigor that we're not seeing. Uh, what do you think about that potential situation moving forward to close us out? No, there is a potential situation where that uh, where that would come in. Michelle Obama's been on the ticket, you know, been on that background ticket for a long time. Um, look, my dad was a doctor. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean I can do anything with somebody's hearts. Um, you, you know, I'm not altogether sure, other than being likable, what Michelle Obama's qualifications would be. I, I think that would be incredibly dangerous in... Um, in having somebody come in on a shadow ticket. And I feel the American people would feel shortchanged 
in that regard. People are entitled to know who they're going to vote for and who they're really going to get in power at that time. We all know that a president is has his or her team around them and should have his or her team, but that doesn't mean the team is really doing the thinking for them. We, we are entitled to know who we are going to vote for and who will lead us in the future because Lord alone knows we need some leadership at the moment because it's lacking. Here, here. Well, Rob Garson, we thank you for joining us today. I think the biggest question, we hope to have you back on. I think the question that a lot of Americans are asking themselves right now is, who the hell is actually running this country? Because it doesn't look like it's this guy. But that's a question that we're going to have to ask you another time. We appreciate you coming on State of the Nation, sir. Uh, Welcome to the program. Hopefully we can get you back again and again and again. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. There he goes. That's Rob Garson. You are watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Misty Winston. She says, how is anyone still talking about October 7th? What Israel has done since October 7th is many times worse than what happened on that day by any conceivable metric. The only way to feel otherwise is to believe Israeli lives are worth many times more than Palestinian lives. How is Israeli suffering still being centered over vastly less significant acts of violence three months ago, while exponentially worse violence and suffering is being inflicted by Israelis right this very moment? If your nation is attacked and you respond to that attack by immediately murdering thousands of children with incredible savagery, then you forfeit any right to expect anyone to give a shit that your nation was attacked. Israel responded to the Hamas attack by doing something much, much worse than anything Hamas has ever done, and in doing so, completely delegitimizing itself as a state and completely validating everything the Palestinian resistance has been saying about the state of Israel since day one. Misty Winston on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. The top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Ronald Reagan described America as a shining city on a hill, a beacon of freedom for the world. And yet today, America is no longer the optimistic, determined, brave, and united nation it once was. The glue of American exceptionalism is delaminating including America, or inching America closer and closer to its downfall. Joining us now is the author of the new book, Radical Betrayal, How Liberals and Neoconservatives Are Wrecking American Exceptionalism. Anders Edwardson is a Swedish-American citizen who's been studying American America's political history from an outsider's perspective for some time, and his book outlines his research. Anders, welcome to State of the Nation. As an American, I can definitely resonate with your book's title and premise. We are delaminating, and it's the fault of both sides on our political aisles. Um, tell us a little bit about your research, your book, and and what your what your claim is in the book with this regard. Yeah, uh, first, thank you for having me. Uh, this book is the result of 
40 years of private interest uh, and uh, almost 10 years of academic research. It's a popularized version of my PhD dissertation, uh, but hopefully it's not too boring. And my main thesis you, is, uh, it, it's actually already in the title, that the glue, as you called it, of American exceptionalism, the ideas about what America is, how great it is, and what low taxes, private uh, enterprise, uh, a peaceful country, that was laid down already by the founders. Uh, but this glue started to dissolve over a hundred years ago, first very slowly. Uh, through foreign wars and uh, domestic uh, reforms. And it's liberals and neoconservatives that are mainly behind this slow erosion of American exceptionalism, like a super ideology that more or less we, we all embrace, black, white, rich, poor, Democrat, Republican, uh, it, 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 it was the national story we had, but with the left taking off, as Reagan said, so far to the left that they have left America and the neocons uh, wanting to wage war uh, abroad uh, for a good, noble reason, but it, it doesn't uh, really work as we saw in Iraq and Syria and others. People has just stopped and they have tried to sell these policies, both left and right have tried to sell them with, with American exceptionalist sounding uh, rhetoric. And But after 30, 40, 50 years uh, of, of troubles and defeats, uh, people have stopped listening. So the, the, the exceptionalist glue is not as gluey anymore, unfortunately. And we see the result. I think it was, was it two years ago, it was a poll that said that somewhere in the 40s, both Democrats and Republicans thought it was a good idea probably to divide the country in two or three different countries. And uh, that that's not the, the great shining city on the hill I, I emigrated to. Yeah. Well, I, I, I must say, Anders, it's it's wonderful to have you on the program. I'm reminded of the quote that is often uh, it's mis misattributed to Montesquieu, but he said America is a great country because uh, she is a good country. In other words, we're, we're, it, it, the exceptionalism comes in the fact that the people uh, are, are typically good folks that that want that believe in private property, that, that believe in individual liberty, that believe in uh, a buy and of the people. And that was the exception. We were the exception, not the rule in the 18th century. We have kind of lost that. Uh, now, we got to take a real quick headline. But on the other side of it, I want to continue on that line because we seems to we seem to have lost that i'm wondering if that's because we have so badly pushed morality out of the public square you can call it religiosity you can call it uh, judeo-christian beliefs whatever you want to call it we've said get out of the public square and it, it seems to me that that's all of a sudden our slide has kind of paralleled that move to secularize and to and uh, just kind of worry wart over everything so let's take a real quick headline and then we'll come back uh and and chat with you on their side and get your answer to that we're speaking to andrews edwardson and uh, we'll be back and get his answer on that on state of the nation on today's news talk tnt right after this 
This is James O'Neill. During an interview with Tucker Carlson, Russian President Vladimir Putin indicated the possibility of Russia reaching an agreement with the United States on a prisoner swap involving Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich. Federal police agents conducted a raid on the home of former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro on February 8th as part of a wider investigation into an alleged attempt to overthrow the rule of law and stage a coup to keep Bolsonaro in power for political gains. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. We are speaking with Anders Edwardson. His new book is Radical Betrayal, How Liberals and Neoconservatives Are Wrecking American Exceptionalism. Anders, thank you for hanging in through the headline there. Uh, to my point, I was saying we have, uh, you know, American exceptionalism is a, is a concept that I think is oftentimes lost on 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 liberal progressive types they don't understand really what it means they miss hell even even barack obama kind of stumbled over what it means but to me what it means is that we were the exception in the 18th century we weren't ruled by a monarchy we didn't have a parliamentary system it was genuinely by for and of the people and part of that i think part and parcel of that was that we were founded on Judeo-Christian uh, beliefs. That doesn't mean you have to be a, a Jew or a Christian. You just have to believe in these th- th- these beliefs, this belief system. And that's what helped create uh, diversity and everything that came with it. Well, it seems like that's being ushered out of the public square. Have you noticed that? And, and do you think there's, uh, am I on to anything here is what I'm asking you, Anders. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, Christian beliefs and values were, to start in that end, was uh, an integrated part of the Founding Fathers' intellectual setup of America, so to speak. It was uh, Christian values, Enlightenment thinking, and English political and economic uh, traditions, English freedoms, market economy, and personal freedom. And as I uh, touched upon earlier, this formed a form of uh, super ideology that more or less everyone uh, was uh, supporting up until around 1900, when uh, first uh, it was mainly a, a, a group of Republicans who uh, adopted an aggressive foreign policy. The Democrats soon soon uh, joined that train also, but. It was started by the Republicans. And at the same time, the Democrats, inspired by Karl Marx and Jean-Jacques Rousseau and, and, and all the European uh, blockheads, uh, they took a look they took a look at the founders of America and its Christian Enlightenment uh, heritage and said, this is outdated. We should be a modern nation, just like the European nations with a welfare state and 
a strong central government and high taxes and more regulations to, to lay the people's lives down and, and to orchestrate it from above. And over to, this was a very gradual thing. It didn't really become more obvious until uh, Lyndon B. Johnson's Great Society in the 60s. But since then, it has only uh, escalated to such an extent that if we say in the old days, Republicans and Democrats uh, discussed how low taxes should be in America, today, uh, we are instead discussing how, uh, discussing how high they should be. You 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 see the important the shift in in um, in perspective there, and this goes. I mean, why is the federal government involved in healthcare in in education? It was thought of to be a very small but strong uh, federal government who dealt with uh, defense foreign policy, currency, maybe some infrastructure projects. That is, everything else was ex was thought of to, to be uh, handled by the states or by people themselves. And that has been completely eroded. And since that's the core meaning of American exceptionalism, what made America a different country from others, uh, today we are on a, a slippery slope towards becoming just another gray dreary European-like uh, welfare state with uh, with a strong central government and, and killing taxes and uh, and all that comes with it. So yeah. you're absolutely right. Ushering this out, the Christian heritage, the, the founders' uh, heritage, the ushering out in the pu uh, public arena of that and replace it with some kind of democratic socialism or whatever uh, AOC choose to call it and Bernie Sanders, it, it, it's, it's a radical betrayal of uh, the American heritage. Yeah, it is. It's a. It does not um, compart with the founding documents, much like the Great Reset, the Green New Deal, the WHO uh, pandemic agreement. Uh, all these things are uh, completely uh, exclusive. They're mutually exclusive from the ideas of America, America's founding, and American exceptionalism. Um, we've got about two minutes left, and I'm curious if you could expand on your thoughts on um, how the federal welfare state has added to this decline and how the uh, current border crisis might play into that and make it worse. That's a lot in two minutes, but let me give it a, <laughs> okay. a, a, a try. Uh, first, the federal welfare state is, it, it, is probably the most damaging long run because it has turned DC from a small part of people's reality that was only of interest really when it came to foreign policy and 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 wars and and diplomacy and stuff to have become an integrated part of people's lives and monthly economy millions of americans would uh, probably starve to death if we just like that uh, cut off all federal aid overnight it, it has turned into this Leviathan, as Thomas Hobbes talked about, the, 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 the state in the middle, the big state monster in the middle that, that is eating its way into everything. And then to move on to, to the border thing, I, 
I'm a I'm a simple man. I I think it's it's simply because the Democrats uh, they, they reason like this: if we can't get Amer Americans to to vote for us, we will import voters. Yeah. That that's why they have now suddenly uh, Biden says, "Oh, I I will I need more power to to close the border." Why didn't you do that? three and a half years ago, if you was really interested of it, and it's not, your talk is just not another election year stunt. They don't want to close the border. They want it wide open. Yeah, yeah. Well, it takes about, it would take about 17 million people to flip a vote. And we're looking at perhaps 20 million people already across the border and another million every two months. So uh, easy to uh, resonate with what you just said there, sir. Um, we definitely would like to recommend to you that you get Anders' book, Radical Betrayal, How Liberals and Neoconservatives Are Wrecking American Exceptionalism. Keep it on the coffee table. You know, it's a great uh, conversation starter. Maybe give it as gifts. You know, we always recommend that kind of thing here. So um, Anders Edwardson, Thank you so much for joining us here. We'll look forward to another appearance from you. I feel like we could talk to you for uh, two hours about this probably, uh, or all day perhaps. So we'll have to do it again. If you want to do a two hour special, Radical Betray special, I'm here. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Thank you, sir. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. You gotta love the left-wing activists posing as journalists all over the media who go after Trump and 99% of them you figure really mean it. And then there's Joy Reid who exposed herself on a hot MSNBC microphone. Congressional Republicans love to latch on to President Biden and Democrats' successful policies and take credit for things they didn't do, while tying themselves into pretzels to do nothing for the American people for the sake of Donald Trump. Case in point, Fixing what they say is a crisis at the border. With congressional negotiators continuing work on a bipartisan deal to tie border policy changes to funding for Ukraine. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another fucking war. <laughs> First and foremost, rule number one in broadcasting Always assume a mic is hot. She was a fool to assume that the mic was off. Number two, I guess she really doesn't like Joe Biden that much. If she said he's going to start another effing war, huh, I guess even leftist Joe Biden isn't leftist enough for radical Joy Reid. Thanks to the hot mic, we know that. And don't forget, catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Sometimes, a car comes along that changes everything. With innovations never thought possible and features that make you wonder, how did people survive without this? This is that time, and this is that car. This is the world's first VWB. Equipped with transparent doors to eliminate reasonable suspicion, whatever that means. A 10 and 2 steering wheel that keeps hands visible at all times. We remove the glove box so there's no confusion about what the driver is reaching for. With a touch of a button, 
the ultrasonic biometric scanner displays the license and registration of the driver to ensure contactless exchange of information. With no trunk, nothing can be concealed, so therefore, there is nothing to search and seize. To ensure you will never be mistaken for breaking the speed limit, we've installed limited edition airless tires. And we remove the engine because, honestly, why risk it? DWB, the first vehicle of its kind, where the safety feature is the car itself. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. Boy, I tell you what, I can't wait to talk to Kate Monroe. Uh, we are very happy to welcome Kate to the program. Kate is a retired United States Marine. She's a wife, mother, veteran, activist, multi-business owner, startup specialist, published author, decorated sales trainer. I mean, the list goes on and on, but the big thing is, uh, she has a passion for her country, a passion for freedom, a passion for the Constitution, and she has announced that she is running for Congress out of California's 49th, and we welcome her to State of the Nation. Kate Monroe, hello, ma'am. How are you? Good to have you on the oh, show. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. Ready to rock. Cannot wait for this topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's going to be a good one. We've got a lot to talk to you about, and unfortunately, we don't have enough time to get get to all of it, but let's just touch on a few things. First of all, as you run for Congress, good for you, by the way, I know that one of your bugaboos here is the uh, the free college. Here's what it says. Free college promises intensify military recruitment crisis. What is that all about? I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out what, what, what exactly that means. Uh, but do you think that using college or the military is an incentive to pay for college? Is that what it is? Well, I mean, at some point, the GI Bill did have a lot of value. At some point, there was a certain segment, probably 40% of people that served, served for college. But when college is now free, all those kids are going, why would I go do something hard when I could just go to college for free or not even go to college, right? College enrollment is also down. So I think that us trying to give college to everyone has devalued it to the point where kids don't even want to go to the military to get it. So we're not helping ourselves. We're 20% below where we need to be as a nation with military readiness. And this is not helping. This administration is so feckless when it comes to our military. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm noticing this too, like young people are maybe wisely deciding not to go to college anymore. I mean, at this point, if you're a young person and you have a career goal, um, you know, going to college might be something you have to do, but now, uh, there's an explosion in the trades. Uh, people are realizing, wait a minute. You mean I can, I can like, uh, learn a trade and make $190,000 a year, yeah. or I can go to this, you know, government indoctrination place where they're going to try to turn me gay. And, um, <laughs> you know, they're going to do that in know, the military which... too. They're going to try to turn you gay apparently. So, right. Yeah. Does that help? I mean, that's a great point. Does it help yeah. when the military is advertising drag queens standing in front of a C-130? Well, if you, if you look at the article, I, I talk about how the Marine Corps is not having a recruiting crisis. 
that that one service. And it's twofold. One, nobody goes into the Marine Corps. I can attest to that for college. Nobody is going, hey, you know what? I'm going to go in the hardest service so that I can go to college for free. No. So, and they've kept together their esprit de corps. I can assure you there is no drag show going on on any Marine Corps base whatsoever. But the Navy, the Army, the Coast Guard, the Air Force, they have definitely allowed this DEI nonsense to creep in. And the effect has been low military recruiting. And all my friends who are Marine Corps recruiters have said, hey, a lot of kids that would have gotten these other services are now going into the Marine Corps because if they want to be in the military, they want to be in the real military, not your party BS nonsense woke military. They want to serve in the real military, which they're looking at as the Marine Corps. So no, none of this wokeism is helping us at all. Yeah, and, and it's not. And, and you know, the thing is, Kate, is it's, it's not only is it hurting the military, uh, just ask Anheuser-Busch how well uh, woke wokeism did for them. Uh, they've been spending millions and millions of dollars to try and resurrect a brand that, that at one time was the most popular beer in the country. And now, and this is irony upon irony, Modella, a Mexican beer, is number one in the country. And I don't know if that's because of the open borders or just because people feel more manly drinking a Modella as opposed to a Bud Light. But But here we are. This is where we find ourselves. You've got uh, the woke generals, the political general, Millie types in there running the show. Uh, and you mentioned that the Marine Corps is the one branch that hasn't lost it, that still maintains its recruitment yeah. numbers. But what happens when those Marines get on a carrier strike force and the Navy is saying, hey, on the top deck, we're doing a drag show uh, you know, at one o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, probably just, why they're not doing that stuff on carriers, because there's Marines there. Yeah, you know, they're doing it at their own bases. They're not doing it around Marines because they put a quick into that. I could tell you right now. I mean, it's like it's we're all sitting here laughing about it. Right. What's going on in the military? Like how who would have thought drag shows? Not when I was in the military, but it's not funny if you consider the gravity yeah. of what's going on. There's multiple massive wars breaking out and other countries are like, look at these weak people. What on earth have they done to their military? That was literally the only thing standing between us and them, between us and the rest of these countries around the world. And if you look at what's going on, you could tell that the rest of the world is not taking us very seriously right now. And we need to pivot immediately. I have some really interesting ways I think we can fix it, but we need to fire every arrow in the quiver, fire all cannons to get this righted immediately. Yeah, well, let's talk about solutions. But first, let me throw this one at you. I've noticed on social media in the last two weeks, there is an, and this may be algorithmically driven, I don't know, maybe this is there all the time, but there, this cup, last couple of weeks in, in my feeds, I've seen an excessive amount of uniformed service members slamming military life, going on TikTok, a, you know, CCP controlled app, basically, and saying, this sucks, don't sign up, you know, the food sucks. It's just like, I, I and to me, it's just like, you know, I, I worked for the DOD for a number of years, I worked with a lot with a lot of veterans and, and active military people. And I never once not once saw someone say anything like that, even in private, and now we've got uniformed members say, announcing how much the military sucks on social media. I mean, how, th what's your take on that? Well, I mean, if you served, a lot of people while you're serving, it can suck. It's hard, right? I was in the Marine Corps. There was days in my life that sucked. I didn't like getting up at five in the morning, getting screamed at. I don't like a lot of it. 
But I will tell you now it was well worth it. And I would do it a thousand times again, even though it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I think that's what people need to keep in perspective. You know, it may suck right now, but later the leverage you're going to get for having served, you cannot replace with doing any other thing. Now, that's not to say that some of the barracks around the, you know, the Marine Corps barracks in North Carolina and here in Camp Pendleton, one of them is covered in mold and the other one has cockroaches all through it. So infrastructurally, are these bases failing? Not the Air Force bases because they're all precious creatures. We got to put them in castles. But the rest of the military, you know, is stuck in failing infrastructure. And when they get out of the service, we're not taking them seriously when they're veterans. So it's not a wonder where you have generationally people are saying, hey, maybe don't go serve. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't go serve. And that's what I want people to understand. I wouldn't be talking to you right now if I didn't serve. I wouldn't be running for Congress. I wouldn't be running a publicly traded company. I wouldn't have been able to leverage my Marine Corps um, spirit and platform. So I would do it again, even though it was hard. And I, and I did have cockroaches in my barracks when I was 22, but I lived and it's okay. <laughs> well, pretty soon they're going to have us all eating those cockroaches. So maybe there's oh, a no. benefit. Hard, hard pass know? on the cockroaches. No. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Kate, just for your own information, my my late father was a full bird Air Force. So <laughs> nice. Well, then you know. He's a yeah, precious creature. Know. He was a precious creature. Uh, hey, I think go. he would have I think he would have readily admitted that though. But he was but yeah. we've got a lot of military. I've got a lot of well, military. Well, they're smart. There. You know, you gotta give it to him. <laughs> Um, well, listen, let's talk about what's going on at the southern border. Hell, you're running for California. We have got um, a real problem with that southern border. And it would be one thing if it was just, gee, we can't figure this out. But we know exactly what's going on. This is by design. Uh, yes. This is this is the fundamental change that we are being forced to uh, live with. And meanwhile, we've got people at the top of the chain saying, well, if only I had more power, if only we had more money, that, mm -hmm. of course, is crap. What is your take on it all? Well, I mean, I think if you understand why they're doing it, it's just so that in the 2030 census, they can put enough people to redraw the district lines. What they want is Democrat supremacy has nothing to do with them voting. They don't even really want them here other than it's a giant massive power grab for them to pretend that it's okay for 5,000 people to cross the border. So that means you could do it now if you wanted to, if you can limit it to 5,000, you can limit it to zero. I mean, I really feel like one is too many. One, person who breaks and enters their way into the U.S. and we allow it just brings everyone else. They need to pull up the National Guard and the military, build the wall and reform immigration immediately. And the Republicans are being so soft on this. They actually jumped on board with this and thought 5,000 a day was OK. This would have been insane a couple of years ago. Now we're happy with 5,000 a day. Have yeah. you lost your minds? Have you lost your way? Are you even Republicans anymore? Our country needs to grow up and close our border and take care of our own people immediately. And if you're watching this, you better vote for people who will do it. People like me who will take a hard stand and call bullshit for what it is. Yeah. Here, you here. know, we, we recently saw footage of like, I, I guess, a Zodiac boat or something yeah. just cruising right up to the beach. And uh, that was in, in your area, right? Yeah. In La Jolla. Yeah. I mean, 10 minutes that's south something of where I live. It's something we've never seen in this country before. I mean, yeah, our southern border, of course, but does that not sort of embody and exemplify the fact that 
It's not a southern border problem. It's an American border problem. It's in our ports. It's in our airports. We've got flights coming from Istanbul to Colombia and heading up this direction. I mean, what did you think when when you saw that footage? Uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I wish I could say I was surprised. That's just the one that they caught on camera. It happens every single day. So you're right. It's not necessarily a border issue. It's that there's no repercussions for doing it. No repercussions for doing it. We even hold the fence up and let them walk through. There's no re repercussions. If there is a harsh repercussion for doing it, like you will never be a citizen if you break and enter your way into this country, people might think twice about it. But because there's no, you messed around too much and now you're going to find out, all this crime by design, all this lawlessness that we have allowed from the top down is just a systemic failure of this entire administration, the entire administration, everyone that is in office right now. Everyone on both sides. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I, I, boy, I mean, you, you couldn't put it more succinctly than that. And, and you know, to your point, Kate, about how all of a sudden 5000 a day is considered, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good compromise. The hell it is. I mean, it's not a good compromise. And thank God for the House for standing up and saying, don't even bring that junk around here because we're not even going to put it up for a vote. It's never even going to make it through the front door. Um is it time for Mitch McConnell to retire uh, and get the hell out? Because Mitch McConnell is the one that I think is a lot of people are aiming their arrows at him for this 5,000 a day uh, crap that, that that you were just referring to. Look at Senator Lankford. No offense. I met yeah. the man when he's in San Diego. He did a great job speaking. And then he's really the one that pushed that forward. I mean, a lot of them need to go because you talk out both sides of your mouth. You cannot talk about being America first and caring about your own citizens when you are willing to let at 5,000 a day, 1.8 million more people in. Where are you going to come up with that money? Do you have a money stamping machine I'm unaware of backed by what asset? It has to stop. We have to do a better job, America. You cannot put your head in the sand. It's time we remember we're a republic. We're yeah. a republic. This is about you. You, you, the people, get to dictate what happens, and we've been we've been allowing them to dictate to us for too long. Yeah, talk about a lack of representation. I mean, if you had an honest conversation with most Americans, regardless of their political uh, background, unless they're maybe a little too close to that college education we were talking about, they're <laughs> going to agree on this one. Um, we're yeah. we're low on time, but I really want to get your um, your take on what I was reading about earlier today. This uh, SNAP benefits, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, looks like in New York, Mayor Eric Adams has announced that they're going to be paying more money to illegal immigrants than they are New York citizens. Oh yeah, fifty three million dollars. I think they're going to get on debit cards. They want to ensure that those people stay in that district, right? They want people to camp out there. They want them to stay long-term. I mean, it was not enough for them to deprioritize veterans. People are like a little bit mad, but not everybody served, right? They were like, oh, that's not cool what you did to the veterans. Well, now it's happening to everybody. So now everybody's like, oh, well, dang, I wasn't a veteran, but now they want to take my money too. And now I'm going to be deprioritized before these migrants. Ooh, now I don't like it. Well, guess what, America? It affects all of us. Every single yeah. one of us, no matter how poor you are in this country, no matter how rich you are, it's going to affect the fabric of our nation for generations. Right. Wow. This, yeah, this doesn't clean up quickly. And it's going to yeah. take people like you and other people that we've spoken to to do it. And it's going to be a lot of work and there's going to be a lot of pushback. But, 
you know, we're, we're behind you for, for your campaign here. And uh, we want to keep having you back on as you go through that process so that we can stay updated. You know, we want to see how good candidates like you fare as we approach 2024 and the elections, because, you know, this, this is it. We're too far down the rabbit hole Damn, at this point. You're not kidding. Um, you got about uh, 20 seconds, 30 seconds left. If you want to shout out your website or your social media. Yeah, you find me at kate4congress.com. And I will tell you this, we don't need any more nice. It's time for 911. You don't have to like me, but you need to let somebody like me go and do the job of being in federal Congress and unscrew <laughs> a lot of what is going on. kateforcongress.com. No more nice. 911. All right. Yes, that's right. No more nice. No more nice. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. We really appreciate it. Kate Monroe for joining us here at State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Stay tuned for Misty Winston.